Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Octana, and today we'll be exploring the ways in which you can practice your spirituality by bringing it into life through crafts and art. To quote Hermes Trismegistus, As above, so below. As within, so without. As the universe, so the soul. When it comes to manifested spiritual energies, Western culture focuses on the large, grand, and structural elements. Sacred space and the spiritual are found in churches, temples, synagogues, and mosques. While people can and often are encouraged to have a personal relationship with the deity, the main experience for them is focused on where groups congregate. Personal spiritual items may be blessed, but they aren't thought of as conduits for deity. Instead, they're considered focal points for contemplation, encouraging prayer, and as mnemonic devices which help us in spiritual practice. For context, think of how we consider having a formal chapel in your own home as something for the rich or landed gentry. It's something we hear about when we get news of the British royals gathering for one holiday or another. Even artists creating spiritual works have historically done this for churches, the powerful, or the rich. The artist was not even required to be personally invested in the story they were telling, although it can often be seen and felt whether or not they were. It's in more ancient, grounded spiritual practices, from South American Catholicism, which incorporated the native use of altars in the home, to the regional home puja throughout India, from Native American practices, which unite the individual with the environment, to the reflowering of Wicca and European witchcraft, that we see how spirituality can be manifested personally and how it manifests us in turn. Because of these cultural biases towards experiencing spirituality in an edifice outside the home, having spiritual practice be something we join in but don't initiate personally, and home practice being focused on the internal, we've lost the concepts and techniques for manifesting spiritual energy into form. In fact, we aren't often encouraged to think about this other than as craft projects for kids at church camp. Think of when you were encouraged to meditate on the life of Jesus by drawing his crucifixion or connect with Yahweh by building a scale model of the wailing wall. Not. How many of us were actually given any instruction on how to draw these spiritual geometrics by which Islam recreates and communicates with the universe? Yeah, no. Add to this how we've been taught over time to see physical spiritual items and art more broadly as something created by specialists and artists. Instead of everyone being able and encouraged to create art, decorate their world, build relationship in an interconnected universe by expression, as has been practiced by humans for millennia, we deride anything which isn't good enough, marketable, and monetizable. Yet Native Americans and First Nations people have been weaving their spirituality into baskets for centuries and beating their totems onto their moccasins as well as other clothing. The peyote stitch in beading was developed to bead around solid objects so energies could be invited into the object and blessings could be attached to them permanently. 
Wiccans and pagans inscribe their personal ceremony tools with symbols which bless, activate, and protect them and the work they do at home and with others. Kolam is a form of drawing which is drawn by using rice flour, naturally or synthetically colored chalk, or rock powders, which is practiced in various parts of India and South Asia. It's usually a geometrical line drawing composed of curved loops drawn around a grid pattern of dots. In South India and Sri Lanka, it's widely practiced by female Hindu family members in front of their houses, and the drawings are thought to bring prosperity to the homes. All of these practices, and many more, flip the script we've grown up with on its head. While there are some artists in Western countries who do this kind of work, they're the exception and not the rule. The point of these practices isn't to be perfect, marketable, or necessarily even open for comment. They are ways in which the individual is relating with spiritual beings and the universe. And relationships are a two-way street, so the items provide a means for them to be related to in turn. That they aren't perfect can be wonky, temporary, unique, personal, quirky, or counterintuitive is not only allowed, but really the point. Manifestation processes and spiritual practice are most potent when they are bespoke, when they are tailored for the specific individual, therefore radiate out the blessings of the maker's unique spark of divinity. Unfortunately, in the West, rather than draw the symbol for Om ourselves as a spiritual practice and means of unfolding the way in which we are being Om right now, we buy a t-shirt with the design preprinted, have it tattooed on us somewhere, or wear it as jewelry made by someone else. Instead of entering into a personal relationship with our path through spiritual expression, we end up suffering from perfectionism, fear of criticism, fear of failure, the need to get it right the first time, and so most people don't even bother to try. Yet, how does a muscle get built if we never use it? Side note, I'm not saying purchasing or owning these types of things is bad. I have a fair number of them myself, and I recommend such things for students and clients on a regular basis. And people have always traded items they can make for ones they can't. Online shopping is just the newest way to do so. However, having such easy access shouldn't prevent us from our own creative endeavors. All of which is to say, you don't need to be an artist to manifest Akashic energy into the world, nor does the way you do it need to be art. In fact, it's often better if it isn't art, but instead is a craft. So, where would we even begin? Well, with the simplest of materials and the symbols which call to you. Everyone has implements lying around which they can draw with. And there are very few spiritual practices which use absolutely no symbols at all. More than likely, there's something you've been drawn to forever, or a symbol which has piqued your curiosity, or something you think would be good for you to learn more about. That's a place to start. For example, one of the most powerful and useful Akashic symbols is the Sri Yantra. This is the energy of the goddess Lakshmi, goddess of love, healing, and abundance, transformed into a symbol which both radiates these energies out into the physical space it inhabits, 
but is also like a USB port, which the individual can plug into. Having it in our physical presence, not as a thought or mental image, but physically in our space, allows us to download information quickly and fluently. Fills our tank after days, weeks, years of doing and producing and serving, and amplifies all of our manifesting efforts. Creating this symbol yourself enhances the energy exponentially by attuning it to your personal frequency. As any artist or parent will tell you, the things you manifest in the world come directly from you and take a part of you with them when they go, leaving you less and more than you were before. The Sri Yantra also is a spiritual practice in and of itself, which unfolds more and more wisdom within you each time you do it. Luckily, it requires no artistic talent in order to do so, only a straight edge, a pencil, and possibly a compass or a piece of string. There are even instructional videos on YouTube which you can follow along with. There are other yantras you are probably even more familiar with, such as the symbols for each of the chakras. Each one of these is the energy of the chakra converted into a symbol, which works like the Sri Yantra, only it holds the energy of the specific chakra. Drawing one not only connects you with the universal energies within the symbol, moving you outward to experience the timelessness of the pure form, but also connects you more intimately with the energies as they're expressed via your own body and soul. Working with the chakra in this way, drawing the lines, filling in the colors, putting your hands to the words of each petal, and focusing on the center, can provide layers of experience from downloading universal wisdom to providing healing of deep hurts or even unfolding and unpacking wisdom you brought with you from past lives. You can print out line drawings of the chakras and use these like coloring book pages. No need to go through all the geometry and measuring, just get your colored pencil on. Similarly, if you don't have space for a labyrinth in your life or in your yard, and don't have one nearby, you can create one yourself. There's an entire YouTube channel focused on labyrinths, and they include instructions on how to do both the goddess version and the more complicated form found on the floor of the Chartres Cathedral. Not only is drawing it rather simple, once you have it, you can then walk it with your fingers or print it out in sections so it's big enough to physically walk. You can also use painter's tape to mark it out on your driveway, garage, or any floor space you want. When you're done, just pull it back up with respect and be on your way. If you want something less geometric and more contemplative, there are artists out there converting their work into adult coloring books. You can have your own conversation or build a relationship with mystical beings through coloring pictures of them. Etsy is full of these types of coloring books or individual pages provided by artists of all varieties. You don't even need any special tools or supplies. If you've got kids, then there are probably crayons and markers all over. If you want to explore something new, there are plenty of watercolor kits, acrylic palettes, and pastels if you don't mind getting your hands dirty. The one thing I recommend with all of this is if you're going to go through the effort of drawing, crafting, coloring, and relating beyond just scribbling, invest a bit in whatever it is you'll be working on. If you're going to sketch, Get a sketch pad from Amazon or one of the craft stores. 
If you're going to paint, do it on something a bit more durable than copy paper. Because while it's not meant to be art, it most definitely will be yours, a piece of you. And you are neither disposable nor a waste. Often, I've found, even though I was just fiddling around with something, it ends up being an item which is important to me and which I'll reference later, use for something more formal, or want to display and live with. So I work with high-quality paper which will hold up over time and is in sizes which fit in regular frames. I use slightly less than the worst kinds of paints, put things on canvas, which can be painted over if I don't like it, and convert drawings into fabric or fiber patterns or even onto wood panels. Then, when I sink down into the pure timelessness of coloring this, filling in that, or seeing where this is going, I don't have to worry about what to do with it once I'm done or get stuck having to see if lightning will strike twice when I try to recreate it in a better format. What Akashic energies are waiting for you to manifest them into life? And that's all the time we have this week. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider supporting it by subscribing on Patreon. You can see all my other offerings and get regular updates about what I'm working on at patreon.com slash Thanks. Bye.